What's up, everybody? Icebox Pod, episode 79. We are back. We are excited to talk about all things sports cards, recording a day later than we normally do. And I, at least, am very excited. have been eagerly anticipating the pod all day. We've had some talk about some random sports cards, and we're ready to roll now. But, Matt, how are we doing? Pretty good, yeah. We were talking a little bit about cards, a little bit about football. We're ready for football, even though summer hasn't even started yet, really. Um, it sure doesn't it was, feel like summer. Yeah, it was like 35 degrees by me today. So yeah, it was like 40 here. Yeah, so we're not even close to summer. We're not even close to fall. We're not even close to football, but we're still excited for it. The draft, the Lions, I don't know what to think. Kind of a wait and see type deal. Um, I don't know how you feel about the Steelers. I didn't really pay attention to their draft. I am over the moon on the Steelers. Oh, really? Oh, I most, I feel like this is how it goes. Like when something good happens with your team, you're like on Twitter or like on the internet consuming all the content you possibly can, where it's just like a hundred people saying, wow, this is great. And you just read it. Like when the Pirates have been off to a hot start and like, wow, the Pirates have 20 wins. This is great. You just read it like a hundred times. It makes you feel good. That's how I've been about the Steelers draft. Most sources, every source I've seen, except for Mel Kuyper, who said it was because they didn't have enough draft picks on day three of the draft that he didn't give them an A, has given them an A or better draft rating. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at their picks right now. Okay. It, I think they they it they got, I would say, solid to good value. Solid to, like, at least slot value, maybe better at every pick. But, which is, I think, the makings of a solid draft. But those solid values also addressed positional needs on the roster. Like, areas yeah. of weakness were hit. They hit every area of weakness that we needed to in this draft and got good value. Hmm. I was thrilled. Also, did you watch the first round? Um, Yeah, I think I watched just until the Lions picked. So, 16. Okay, so that was right after the Steelers picked. Because the Steelers traded up. To take, they traded up to take the uh, the Patriots pick. Oh yeah, they got that tackle. Yeah, we got. I he's listed just as an offensive tackle, but he, apparently he started like almost exclusively at left tackle. I would expect him to start at left tackle for us. Like they, I I think he'll be the day one starting left tackle, which is, I mean, no joke. Yeah, that's so, nice. So, I mean, the offensive line for the Steelers was a real point of weakness that this offseason has been cleaned up. But I thought it was interesting. The Patriots basically torpedoed the uh, the Jets by trading us that pick because apparently the Jets have been saying uh, rather vocally that they wanted to take this guy, this Broderick Jones, or they wanted to draft for the O-line. And after him, there was like a steep drop-off in the left tackles slash like, you know, offensive linemen. And then the Patriots picked right before the Jets. They didn't want him. They traded their pick to the Steelers 
And then the Steelers oh. took the Jets guy basically right before the Jets could. Because the Steelers traded up to get ahead of the Jets. Gotcha. And then oh. took the guy that was linked to the Jets. <laughs> yeah. Legendary. That's what happens at draft day. It's pretty pretty interesting. That's got to make Pickett feel good, though. Yeah, it was big. Full line. We got a, another offensive lineman later. There's a lot of depth now. Got a tight end in the third round from Georgia. Not that Bowers. Yeah. This other guy who's like really physical, run-blocking tight end. Got Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, cornerback at 32. He was expected to be a first-round pick. I mean, that's like basically a first-round pick. So is this uh, probably nobody really that you're going to be going for cards of, though? Oh, yeah, there's not anything exciting for us for cards. Broderick Jones is no lineman. You know, yeah. you're not really interested in the cards, but as far as, like, fandom, very happy. Joey Porter Jr., cornerback, tight end in round three. And then what else did we pick? We picked offensive line. We picked outside linebacker. Uh, we picked a second corner. So, yeah, I don't think we took any – Wide receivers, running backs, or quarterbacks. Yeah, no card. I'm a okay with this, but yeah, from a card perspective, you're right. I guess I'll just probably end up just take some time to focus on the Kenny Pickett and George Pickens cards that are already will be on the market because I had two guys the year before. Yeah, I mean, you got your quarterback, so you don't need to worry about that in this draft. Yeah, very happy with the Steelers. You guys made some interesting selections. Yeah, Gibbs will be interesting. He'll probably be like a card guy. People, I don't like that pick at all. But yeah, I don't. I think I don't know why they did it, and then they went and they traded DeAndre Swift the next day, or pretty quickly after. What I like about Gibbs is he can play slot receiver a little bit, so he's kind of like a hybrid, which I think is. Mm. It makes it like slot receiver slot. Yeah, like he he'll probably catch some passes. I think he'll Mm. catch. I mean, he might catch five or six passes a game, honestly. Um, which is like kind of opens up the offense, and they got David Montgomery anyways in the offseason. So I don't know. I kind of wish they would have got more for Swift, but obviously, if they could have, they would have. So, um, and then the the real interesting pick, which I was a actually a fan of, but um Hendon Hooker, backup QB now. Oh, you guys took him in what third round? Um, I think it was yeah. So it was our first pick of the third round. So we had two firsts, two seconds, and two thirds. Holy cow! You guys had a ton. Wait, are yeah. these all the Rams picks that you guys have? Um, Gibbs was a Rams pick. <laughs> yeah, jeez. And I think that might have been it. Wait, wait. The Rams pick was wasn't. Wouldn't the Rams pick have been like top ten? Well, we traded back. Oh, oh, you traded we had back. Pick like I think we had pick like eight. Or yeah, I was gonna say the Rams pick would have been top ten. Yeah, we traded back for like 
the sixteenth pick, and then I think that's how we got another second rounder. Was that? Mm -hmm. Um, but then yeah, I really liked um Brian Branch out of Alabama. Oh, people were saying people were saying should the Steelers have drafted Branch at thirty two even instead of Joey Porter Jr. Pete Branch was yeah. a big name I heard in the, the Steelers line radio. At where? Forty five. Yeah, I think that was good value. So, and your defense is pretty bad, so like I think you take whatever you can get. Our secondary, especially, is horrible. So they needed that really bad. So and I think he's a good player. So happy with that. Um, Jack Campbell. Eh, fine. Is he, is he Iowa. Yeah, he's a linebacker out of Iowa. He he's good. Like he hits hard and he. Seems like he's a smart player. I just, I mean, when Michigan played Iowa, Blake Corum juked that dude out of his socks like so many times. Is he a middle linebacker? Yeah. So, okay, so, okay. I mean, Blake Corum just cooked that guy. Like, so that kind of, like, makes me worried, like, a little bit. But, I don't know, He the thing about him is he's such a Dan Campbell type of player. Like, gritty. yeah, like he's like just gritty, like hits hard, plays hard, and it's like so, so such an obvious Dan Campbell pick. But I don't know. I think the Lions draft as a whole is just like wait and see. I think a year from now or two years from now, we could be like, wow, this is an insane draft full of just steals. Or we could be just like, wow, like Jack Campbell's like playing in the XFL now. Taking Hendon Hooker was an interesting choice. I, I'm always a little sussed out on those mid-round QB selections. Oh, so am I. But I kind of liked it. This is one of the very few mid-round QB selections that I actually liked. Hooker had a good start to the year, and then he got hurt, right? Yeah, he got hurt bad. I think he was like... Season ending. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Like ACL or something. Like It was a bad injury. Probably so. hurt the draft stock. Right. And it's not like we're expecting him to play right away. So we got. Going. Yeah. So you guys have a running back, not a high profile one, but a quarterback. I kind of want to get into what, how are we feeling about the 2023 product for football? Like, obviously, your team obviously has got a little more going on than mine, but how are we feeling about the product as a whole with the players that we've got? See where everyone got picked. I think the product's going to be great. Yeah, me too. I think the product's going to be so expensive. I mean, because you, I mean, you have two quarterbacks. Well, three, because Stroud, um, Young, and then Richardson right at the top. That can obviously all will sell high. Then you have quarterbacks like, I mean, Hendon Hooker will obviously sell for something. Levy will sell for something but then i think will anderson will actually sell really well um isn't he an outside linebacker yeah i think i think he'll sell well i think he is like just like generational talent like he's really good so i think i think the cardinals traded did the cardinals trade up to take him or maybe they already had that pick well, the Texans took him at three, and they traded up. 
Oh, the Texans drafted two and three. Yeah, they got back to bed, which would be electric if you're a Texans fan. That's sweet. The fact that you picked at two and three is insane. Yeah, I wonder when the last time that's happened. Like two of the top three picks, if that's even ever happened. Because they not. didn't own the third pick going into draft night, and then they just acquired right. it. Yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know if that's ever happened. I would be curious, but yeah, I think the product's gonna sell so well. There's just so. I mean, what it comes down to, I feel like the strength of a product is how many QBs went in the top five. Yeah, that's there's not a ton at the wide receiver, or, um, running mm-hmm. back to be the complementary pieces. But the fact that you have three top five picks that were QBs is going to help you a lot. I mean, we saw last year struggle a lot off the QB class. Right. Yeah. I mean, at this point, it's Kenny Pickett. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, there's nothing even left. I mean, Malik Willis, I mean, has has already been. They're trying to replace him already with Will Levis. Malik Willis contenders autos are like thirty dollars. Really? Yeah, because I was kind of like, hey, if I'm buying all these picket contenders autos, like, what if I just bought, like, five Malik Willis's and just sent them to PSA and then, like, saw, see what happens, you know? And then I look them up and they're, like, $30. And I'm like, okay, these are, like, too cheap. Like, that's kind of alarming. And then... Well, like, then they replaced him already. Well, then I saw in the, the news before the draft even... They were like, yeah, we have no faith in him. Like, we're trying to move on. I was like, oh, well. He could be cut. Like, legitimately, he could be cut. Yeah, so long story short, for all the listeners, I did not buy any. Just to... No, Malik Willis. I'm so glad the Steelers did not take Malik Willis. I thought that maybe we should take Malik Willis. I am... But, like, I wanted Kenny Pickett with my heart. But I thought we maybe should take Malik Willis. Boy, am I glad we did not do that. Yeah, that would have been an all-time blunder. I mean, that would have been... That would have been terrible. I mean, yeah, that would have switched up so much. I mean, they would not have been forgiven. No, yeah, that that would have been rough. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it'll be a good product for cards. I mean, they got... I think actually... um. Ohio State, uh, Jackson, Smith, and Jigma. Oh, I forgot about Smith and Jigma, yeah. I think he's going to be really good. And I thought he went so low. He fell to the Seahawks at 20, which, like, when you look at the draft and when you look at team needs, it, like, makes sense. But just 20 seems so low. Like, that was a – I would be just so pumped if I was a Seahawks fan and had the 20th overall pick and ended up with him. Yeah, this that I think there were a ton. There was a run on those offensive linemen, those left tackles. Like yeah, four of right. them went within like six or seven picks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense why he fell like that, but still, seems like he could be a good player. Yeah, him and DK Metcalf. Yeah, Geno Smith got some weapons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, weapons for Geno. See what he can do. He got paid. I know. So, we'll dude, see. G- that's epic for Geno Smith. Malik Willis should feel inspired. Dude, you know how many like cards I would have bought 
of Geno Smith in like 2013, if you would have been like, yeah, like 2023, like he's still starting and stuff, like I'd be like, oh, this guy's really good. In reality, he was basically riding the practice squad slash bench for years. Yeah, for years. So many years, and then he emerged. Yeah. It's, I mean, he was not even remotely on my radar. Now he's getting paid, and I I mean, they made the playoffs. They're a decent team. Yeah. The drafts got me excited. I agree with you. Product should be pretty good. I am optimistic that we can see the return of player-worn patches uh, in those years. Kind of want to talk a little bit about patches, if you don't mind going there. Yeah, let's do it. Is there actually a possibility for player-worn for that? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I I think that's mostly a pipe dream. But I, I, I had heard a theory... Some time ago now, uh, none other than Cage Lawyer, classic, also Rip, Lucas, Tigers, Bronze, my favorite podcast. May it rest in peace. So sad. But what? Stop doing it's it. gone. It's dead. Oh. Andrew well. just bailed on Cage. Apparently he just stopped showing up. He didn't show up to their cigar night and then. <laughs> he was basically like, I want out. And then, oh. yeah, they had like a meet and greet with like fans and he just never showed up to it. And then he was like, I want out. But he oh. let Cage have all the social medias. And now it's just Cage has his own podcast. But that's beside the point. I was devastated, by the way, because I listened to it literally every single day for three years. So I was, I, it was crushing. But he had mentioned and I, he's more of a base rookie collector, like a Jordan. He has like a Jordan PSA 10. He's into that type of card, like LeBron, Refractor, Chromes, you know, stuff like that. Okay. He mentioned the patches. Do patches in the long run, are they harmed by Panini, like cheapening the the concept of the patch card right now? I mean, Panini is ruining the concept of the patch card. They have made it completely of no appeal to, like, anybody. Does that... Do you think that's damaging to the reputation of game-worn stuff? Stuff that is game-worn, do you think it's damaging because it hurts the patch collector base? Or do you think it sets apart the game-worn stuff as even more rare, even harder to find. This was the good stuff. I would say it probably does more damage than good. Yeah, I think it, I I had, I was as a patch collector myself was like, wow, I think it definitely does. You could see how it could really hurt the collector base. I mean, can you imagine how much cooler owning, uh, how much cooler only a game used patch card would be if there was no player worn stuff at all. Like that would be so hard to find. Like you couldn't find because then like Mm. the people who don't mind player worn would have to get the game used stuff. Like it would would be expensive. Yeah. Like it would make stuff so much more rare. Hmm. Uh, 
to be honest, I think there's actually a decent amount of people out there who really don't care that much about game use versus player worn. They definitely do not. So I think that hurts it because then to them, there's just more quantity. Wow. That is a novel concept, Matt, that I'd never considered. And to be honest, with the way people treat, like, it's different in baseball where, like, even some player worn has crept into baseball. But I would say baseball is 95% game worn. And, like, hockey has rookie patch autos, you know, that are not game worn. But aside from that, all game worn. But stuff like football and basketball, where the relic has just been so cheapened, if you told me my Donruss box comes with just one auto instead of one auto and two relics, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could, like, I don't even think you would harm your product by eliminating the player worn and just maintaining the small amount of game worn. Right. Yeah, like, you could do each box has one auto and then randomly insert game-worn stuff. Yeah, and it'd be small. Like, it'd be, like, a couple per case. Yeah, even... Yeah, if you did it... Like, you could... Realistically, you could probably even do it, like, to a case, if it's, like, an 8 to 10 box case. Honestly, you could probably sell it for just as much, because... Even if people, I even if people don't care about the difference between player worn and game worn, I think there's so little value in relics these days that like, I don't yeah. think it moves the needle at all. I mean, you go to you go to shows and you can find like good player relics in like two dollar boxes. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it would move the needle really at all. Probably. Wow. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot recently, and I was like, wow. Makes just me me just like even more like Panini needs to go because me, the patch collector. It's like I don't want people destroying the good name of the patches that I enjoy. Yeah, I've been kind of getting out of patches personally. See? And I I mean, it definitely plays a factor that now like because you've wiped out the entire modern era. All ultra-modern for me in basketball and football as a patch collector is is largely unappealing. Because almost right. none of it's game-worn. Yeah, see, like, what's... And, like, I guess for you, like, it's for the collectors, like, you, you would maybe be interested in, like, a Jaron Jackson Jr., like, patch card for like cheap if it was game used but then 100 interested there's no way you're buying that card though as like player worn oh no i would just pass and i would wait like does it even it probably doesn't even interest you if it was like a couple dollars no it really doesn't interest me at all it's an immediate pass yeah like there's no there's not even any appeal to it like that's the i would i have bought matt one player worn patch and i'm thinking about my pc right now one player worn patch and one non-associated patch and that the non-associated is my ian book flawless collegiate 
the player worn is my Chase Claypool college or collegiate flawless. Both those probably have autos on them. Yeah, both have autos. I yeah. oh my gosh, Matt. In no world without ink would I touch player worn at exactly. all, let alone the non-associated, let alone the non-associated with no ink. Holy cow. The non-associated with yeah. no ink is just, it, it, it's just terrible. So you, yeah. So you, you didn't like the patch didn't do anything for you. You just bought it for the auto. And then the patch maybe makes it look a little nicer or something. Well, I like the Chase Claypool one. Because it had like a Notre Dame patch, and you it, getting those game worn collegiate patches is extremely hard. So, right. like, I understood that I was fighting an uphill battle there, and it looked pretty cool. But yeah, basically what you said. Right. Yeah, that is interesting. I have, I might not even have a single patch on my PC anymore. What? Matt, you need to go to the great patch auto oh, set there's a great set one. that's churning out vet patch autos that are nice who what's that and panini what's panini one in one basketball is the home of the nice vet game worn patch autos they have a good checklist of the guys who are not like the top 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 of the totem pole Jaron Jackson's got game-worn patch autos. Game-worn three, four-color patch autos in the most recent one. I've been eyeing those up. They it's don't just, have Rodman. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, they have, I know they have the card of him like diving out of bounds or whatever. But Oh, that's a timeless yeah. moment. No patches, just that auto. I was going to say Rodman would actually be interesting. Wow, Rodman patch would be insane. Yeah, I know. I... I really want like a thick rotten patch. Although I did just get one actually. I I did get that exquisite. Yeah, I saw you did. That's awesome. Big PC ad. Yeah, Rodman is like one of my favorite players ever. So the Rodman timeless moments are pretty cool. I know those cards are just so expensive. It's so hard to justify, but yeah, there's they're really nice. It is extremely hard to justify. I mean, I think that's like a $3,000 card. Yeah, that's absurd. I don't understand how they go for as much as they do. Yeah, that they people love that set. I'm trying to see if there's even a cop. There's oh, like the... Know, okay, it's like $1,500, which is still a lot. For a Dennis Rodman auto, that is an extremely large sum of money. Yeah, like I... I mean, I that's I paid, huge, Matt. I that's I so much. I did pay more than that for my exquisite, but that's also exquisite. So I feel like that's a little different. Yeah. Are you wait? Are you are you hearing yourself echo back on your end? No, not really. Okay, that's good. I'm gonna move this microphone further away. Lost the AirPods. They quit on me, Matt. Oh yeah, AirPods. Those things are tough. These AirPods are. From like a year after they started making AirPods, the batteries are shot. You know what's another thing that's interesting? A lot of people walk around shows with AirPods. Yeah, I don't understand. Which makes that. no sense to me. I don't either, because I like talking to people at shows. The point of going to the show is to talk to people. Yeah, that is true. Like if you're not wanting to talk to people, you should just go on like eBay. I don't know. Yeah, I kind of 
kind of feel that way myself. But yeah, we're probably approaching our standard time. We got any last minute topics we want to throw in here? I don't think so. I think next week we might have to go over some PWCC. Oh, um, there are many cards, Matt and I were talking about pre-show. Yeah, many. We did not want to spoil them for our own sakes. Uh, but yeah, oh, we are definitely going to have, and the, some of mine are on eBay, but those aren't as exciting of like topics for the show. The PWCC ones, I think, are very good show material. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, I'm not going for it, but I just want to see what it sells for. So Yeah, we've got a couple cool cards we found. Yeah, so tune in um, probably next week for that. Yeah, that'll be good. But yeah, thank you guys as always for listening. Hope you enjoyed episode 79, and we will see you back here next week, episode 80. Peace.